Welcome to EESO Summary Podcast. These podcasts consist of brief reviews of scientific articles, research methodologies, or e-sessions. Hello, my name is Andrei Kachmazov, and I'm a researcher at the Neuroscience Lab in the College of Medicine of Jiaxing in China. Up until last year, I have worked as a medical oncologist in the chemotherapy unit of the Moscow State Oncology Institute. My areas of interest in the field of medical oncology are GI and CNS tumors. And uh, during my work in Moscow, I had an opportunity to treat a patient with a stage 4 pancreatic cancer using the methods of precision oncology, which has led to great treatment outcomes. Here I would like to briefly discuss the details of this clinical case as well as to outline the importance of performing all available genetic testing methods that are in the arsenal of medical oncologists today to achieve the best possible results, even in clinical situations that might seem to be hopeless. So a 56-year-old woman was admitted to our oncological center in February of 2018 with the only symptom being pain in the epigastric area. An initial CT scan of the abdomen revealed a mass in the head of the pancreas up to 5 cm in the greatest dimension. Grade 2 pancreatic ductal adenocarcinoma was confirmed by biopsy and the patient underwent surgical treatment. It is worth noting that now I'd rather not start the treatment with surgery, but as today this is still a somewhat debatable question for the multidisciplinary board of oncologists, back then we had uh, different standards of treatment. And uh, just one month after the surgery, a control PET scan revealed multiple metastatic lesions in both lobes of the liver. So first-line systemic therapy was initiated and uh, considering the good performance status patient has received 10 cycles of the Fulfirinox regimen for the duration of 6 months with a disease stabilization achieved after the third cycle. However, several dose reductions were made throughout treatment because of severe chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy and febrile neutropenia occurrence despite the use of GCSF prophylaxis. In October 2018, PET scan showed disease progression. The appearance of new lesions in the liver and suspected cancerematosis. Therefore, second-line chemotherapy was initiated and the patient received two cycles of gemcitabine molar therapy. However, the first control CT scan showed progression once again with a new metastasis in the liver. Fortunately for us, patient had an opportunity to perform the next generation sequencing, which was a rare occasion in our practice, uh, at least in Russia just uh, five years ago. Uh, the primary tumor was analyzed using a 409 gene panel and the analysis identified some somatic mutation in PALP2 gene and germline mutation in the BLM gene, 
both markers of gomologous recombination deficiency. With no standard options left, the Tima board has decided to start treatment with the PARP inhibitor telazepirib despite the previously registered disease progression on platinum-containing chemotherapy. The drug was provided by the expanded drug access program. The patient started to receive telazepirib at a dose of 1 mg once daily in March 2019 and the treatment was tolerated very well with uh, no adverse events. A complete clinical response had been achieved and as of January 2021 there were no signs of tumor lesions in the liver or conservatosis. And as of right now, patient remains alive without clinical or radiological signs of disease progression after nearly four years from the beginning of telazepirib treatment. So this is uh, one of many examples of a successful targeted therapy that was prescribed basically as a last ditch effort and the decision was based on the specific genetic alterations the patient had. I think that this clinical case is a great example amongst many like it, highlighting the shift of medical oncology towards finding the best personalized solution for every patient with the consideration of specifics of the tumor biology at the forefront of making clinical decisions. I would like to thank European School of Oncology for the opportunity to discuss this clinical case and to everyone who has dedicated their time to this podcast. Thank you for your attention. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to check out our other EESO podcasts.